You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another live program here on Voice of Islam radio station. Today you're joined by myself, Safir, and Imran here in studio. Assalamu alaikum, Imran. How are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu in the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Um, Alhamdulillah, by the grace of God, I'm I'm very good. And um, uh, those of you who are celebrating, um, you know, uh, Christmas, um, um, our Christian brother are celebrating Christmas. And uh, uh, I mean, it's a very important day for them. And um, also, is uh, holidays are as well. So we wish all of the people who are celebrating holidays. And those who are not, uh, and just looking forward to the sales, <laughs> they also, mm. yeah, uh, it's uh, it's that period of time, isn't it, of mm-hmm. holidays and where people are celebrating Christmas, but then uh, obviously um, lots of people who are not, uh, but we're here in the studio, mm-hmm. uh, and why are we here? What what so, topic are we discussing? Uh, we're today? going to discuss a very important topic, and um, last month we covered this topic, but uh, we're unable to complete this, uh, so we are uh, going to again take this topic and um, the topic is uh, the special the 13 qualities of uh, of a righteous people and how you can uh, have a good connection mm-hmm. with your creator god almighty um and uh, uh, you know uh, there is a gem that we are spiritually uh, you know handwired and generally you know genetically programmed to uncover and our very nature demands that we find it it is our soul's most desperate desire and the crown jewel on the throne of our hearts. What is it? To search for our Lord and to attain his nearness. So much so that he lovingly counts us amongst his chosen servants. About this, yeah, the promised Messiah, mm. peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the founder of the, the, founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he writes actually that when we look into the faculties of man and try to discover what their highest reach is, we find that he seeks after God, the exalted. He desired to become so devoted to God that he should keep nothing as his own and all that is his should become God's. It is obvious, therefore, that the highest reach of man's faculties is to meet God, the exalted. Thus, the true purpose of his life is that the window of his heart should open towards God. Mm. Philosophy of the Teaching of Islam, page 160. So let's just reflect on that because I think that saying of the Promised Messiah, as you mentioned, is a really important one, isn't it? To understand this subject that we are going to discuss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for this two hours now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look at 13 qualities of righteousness or mm. 13 qualities of people who are righteous and right, servants of right. God. So why is it important, you know, to be righteous? Uh, that's a question that mm-hmm. people might ask, Definitely. you know, that mm. why do you have to be mm. righteous? What is, what defines mm. righteousness, righteousness, right? Definitely. Um, I mean, um, in Islam, we believe that uh, God Almighty is, uh, is, you know, is like the people who are pure-hearted and righteous, because God Himself is uh, a very, you know, is light and nur, and He does not like the the people who have a certain kind of darkness in their hearts. So, in, in order to attain Allah's nearness, mm-hmm. one has to be pure-hearted. And then Allah the Almighty describes these thirteen qualities through which one can attain 
the the i mean uh, righteousness yeah and then you can have a very good connection with god almighty mm. step by step the fact that the promised messiah as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, said that within the nature mm-hmm. of humans allah the almighty has put this desire to be righteous and to find god and to find that sort of connection with a higher being that gives us a purpose in life i think that's you know what the promise society said you mentioned Definitely. that from the mm-hmm. philosophy of the teachings of islam which is a brilliant book mm-hmm. and for those of you interested can always uh read it is it's freely available on uh, alislam.org as well as if you search for it you will find it the philosophy of teachings of islam it really beautifully the promise messiah has explained that it is within our nature to seek mm-hmm. god and to adopt his attributes which obviously if you try to adopt the attributes of allah the almighty such as uh, being merciful being kind being uh, forgiving all of these things then obviously you as a human being will also improve you will become mm. more righteous Definitely. right so righteousness is what we're looking at mm. so all of this um will take you on that uh journey it will uh, you know um uh, make those steps mm-hmm easier for us as human beings to be closer to god and to be more righteous definitely i mean um allah himself outlines these steps in the holy quran as he details what action his servants must take to count themselves among his chosen creation so uh, in his friday sermon delivered on 25th of september 2009 the fifth caliph of the muslim community uh, his holiness hazrat mirza masur ahmed may Allah be his helper, expounds upon how Ahmadi Muslims can implement these steps within their everyday life. So thus, in the words of His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, uh, here are 13 steps you can take to attain Allah's nearness and to be counted amongst His chosen ones. Uh, as as you mentioned, uh, Sufi, that you know, when when Holy Quran <coughs> describes the purpose of our creation, mm. it says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبَدُونَ That we have not created jinn and men, but that they may worship me. So I think it is very important topic mm. concerning the, the, the purpose of uh, human creation is not earning so much money, is not, you know, um, just uh, indulging in worldly matters, but uh, as Islam describes, there are two pur- purposes, one is to um, discharge the duties of allah the rights of allah and the second is discharge your duty towards fellow human beings and this is the purpose the holy quran describes that is why this topic is so important that how one can have a true relationship with god almighty so the first quality his holiness describes uh, in his uh, friday sermon uh, from the holy quran Uh, is that Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran وَإِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ حَوْنًا This is uh, chapter 25 verse 64 And the servants of the gracious God are those who walk on the earth in a dignified manner Now His Holiness says that every single one of their decision is based upon moderation undue anger or harshness Now which then sometimes swell into ignorance is not present in their personality they should 
also not be an any undue elasticity within their nature which translates into shamefulness and complacency this does not pertain solely to the individual but rather should be present on an communal level as well meaning allah servants as a community should develop this trait mm. i think that's really important pertinent first step isn't it to adopt humility because as a human being if you have arrogance within yourselves or if you are too haughty or too uh, you know Her arrogant pride, yeah, yeah, but too 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 proud um to to even accept that you can improve or even accept that you can be wrong um i think that is a starter isn't it i mean you have to be humble because you have to realize that yeah there is some there's a god who is who's mm. more powerful mm. than mm. me there is a god who knows who has created me and i need to be humble mm-hmm. and when you show humility that's when you are able to pray better you're able to you know understand god better you're able to then seek his help i don't think this is this is really the first stepping stone um to righteousness to be humble uh be ready to accept that you make mistakes and that you will try to correct those mistakes you are sinful you could say or you have committed sins mm-hmm. but allah the almighty is the one that can forgive you to have that self um analysis is really important uh, because uh, without that anybody can say oh i'm righteous you know i i don't need to mm-hmm. um you know listen to that person i don't need to do that i'm uh, that that self um uh, you know uh, self believing that mm-hmm. you you are righteous mm-hmm. it, it really takes you the other way you will become evil because you <laughs> you think that you would be immune so humility i think really really is an important first step uh to be closer to god almighty to um be righteous certainly i think uh, when we look at the, to the towards the holy quran um <coughs> uh, the the allah the almighty went allah the almighty says to the to to shaitan mm. to satan uh, that you know obey uh, my commandments and he said aba was takbar he denied the commandments of allah and he showed the pride that you mm. know how I, i'm not going to obey allah's commandment so um and that that uh, that became the the very definition of evil didn't it definitely yeah so so when so pride comes that uh, from 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 the um, i mean the source of the pride is that i'm not going to listen to everyone and i'm anyway, right yeah. i'm right yeah. and uh, you know uh, that is why uh, allah the almighty said to the uh, satan uh, shaitan rajim satan the rejected one yeah so it does not listen to my commandments yeah. and he chose another path mm-hmm. so um and there's a very famous um revelation of the promised messiah alayhi salatu wasalam in which allah the almighty says teri aajana rahein kuch ko pasand aaye that your uh, your humility allah likes your humility and your and humble ways your humble ways yeah. i mean so, that reminds mm-hmm. me of another uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know this is i think a, from a poem of the promised messiah that uh, پتھر بنو ہر ایک سے اپنے خیال میں شاید اسی سے دخل ہو دار الوصال میں سو ٹرانسلیٹس ایز دیٹ ان یور اون ویو اور ود یور اون پرسپیکٹو تھنک آف یور سیلف ایز دا ون ہوز 
the the most you know humble weakest one. humble, humble yeah. or or the most um, uh, worse in terms of yeah. you know um, in terms of anything uh, anything I mean, yes yeah. uh, in your mind so mm-hmm. think think of you uh, yourself as as you're as, nothing basically you're nothing, you're nothing basically yeah. because that very thing might be able to connect you uh, with, connect your you with Allah, you might you might give you paradise mm-hmm. so yeah really interesting uh, i think this is this 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 very thing is is so uh, central in um, in 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 all religions mm-hmm. really if you look at it uh, that has Allah the almighty has sent over many many years um let's uh, have a quick listen to a question which was asked to um his holiness uh, about relating to this um i think the question was since you do so many question answer sessions and have been doing them for some time now how are you able to retain so much information and this again obviously as a reminder that the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community mm-hmm. um you know leads a community of millions of mm-hmm. members and um and, and and you know he still as a head of the community shows incredible humility mm-hmm. and kindness um and and his way of interacting with mm-hmm. people is so personal uh that really shows you that he really is a spiritual Definitely. uh leader uh, and this is uh, something that we wanted to highlight mm-hmm. so let's have a listen to that question is since you do so many question answer sessions and have been doing them for quite some time now my question is how are you able to retain so much information and answer with such detail in every single one of those sessions including this you one see i learned quite a lot of things from you people when you ask the question then it come into my mind then this should be the answer and if you are reciting the holy quran regularly there are quite a number of points which immediately come into your mind that this has been explained in the holy quran or if you read the hadith then sometime you will remember the hadith in respect of that particular subject and sometime the the books of the prophet muhammad sallam have also explained some of the mat- subject matters which are under discussion during question and answers so and sometime when i feel that i cannot answer the question fully and properly appropriately then i try to learn more about that question eh i don't feel shy if a question is asked by a small child and uh, i cannot answer it fully then i will go home and try to read the book and find out the answer and if possible i would write it back to the person that i answered your question or i could not answer your question now this is the correct answer see so this is how you remember <laughs> very beautiful answer isn't it mm-hmm, definitely. i mean this is such a humble way as well to go about things right because um, as as the caliph as the worldwide head of the ahmadiyya muslim community you will be asked lots of different questions mm-hmm. you'll be asked questions from you know people who are experts perhaps in their fields you will be asked questions from children mm-hmm. who will ask the very basic simple questions and sometimes children will ask you questions that really you know puts you on this <laughs> on the spot you yeah. really simple questions simple but question. also difficult ones. but you haven't think about them yeah, so that's exactly. why it's very difficult sometimes so and, yeah know. as as his holiness said mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. know first of all you learn from people that you speak with and it's not just about like 
if if somebody asks you a question you are answering that mm-hmm. means you have all the knowledge and you're just you know giving a speech to the other person mm-hmm. but in fact you learn from other people as well mm-hmm. their perspective there's always something that you learn uh, and then also if there's um, anything that uh, uh you may not know the full answer of then it's always good to go back and research i mean if we look towards the life of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him uh once he advised someone regarding a specific thing and it turned out to be not the correct one and the person came back to the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said the holy prophet you you told me to do this but it doesn't turn out to be you know the correct one it didn't work out did work yeah. out so the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that I'm also human being I also make mistakes. Mm. So this is you know he was the rahmatullah I mean the mercy for all of the mankind he was the highest we yeah. believe as a muslim that he's the um you know has a highest uh, yeah. status in the Allah. However I think it's good to clarify mm. as well that these kind of questions that that question I think it's was asked r- r- worldly matters worldly not matter, religious yes, because in religion spiritual matters the, the prophets have definitely know, authority full authority, full authority and, and they they cannot they they don't make mistakes thank you so much for clearing yeah. that and uh, you know uh, so th- th- this this sh- shows that you know the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam how humble he was yeah. and uh, uh, then you know the, uh, as soon as his holiness mentioned this that you know that sometime when i don't have the answer uh, so i go back and uh, try to find the answer i, I remind the, the um, you know incident of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him So this is the very uh, you know uh, I would say a touchstone quality of the of the people who have a uh, righteousness now let's talk about the second quality yep um uh, Allah the almighty says um, in the same chapter wa iza khatabahumul jahiluna qalu salama and when the ignorant addresses them they say peace his holiness explaining this verse says that Every single servant of Allah should avoid conflict and gently advise those who are harsh and argumentative. Secondly, when you gain authority, remember the humility and dignity that you acquired by obeying Allah's previous command of walking with dignity and humility and established within your community. Such obstacles will placed in your path that may incite your emotion and passions. It will then be said about you, look how cruel and unjust these people are. In such circumstances, you must control your emotion. You must maintain the model that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, displayed. Herein also lies a prophecy that the future circumstances of the Jamaat, the community, will indeed improve. However, at this uh, juncture, this the situation is some in, in some countries, especially in Pakistan, Uh, is such that ahmadis are persecuted their emotion are stirred and uh, you know enemies attempt to incite our ahmadis to take the law into their own hand so that inevitably the law is used against them and they become a target of cruelty and persecution mm. i think that's another great uh, sign as you mentioned of mm. uh, righteousness is that when you are confronted with animosity mm. and ignorance to maintain your composure to maintain your um calmness and calmness mm. and also spiritually you know that um level of of uh, of of trust in mm. in god almighty mm. and kindness that you exhibit to Definitely. to people and i think that's what we learn from the holy prophet prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him i mean for 
13 years in mm. in Mecca he was persecuted his the early muslims were persecuted uh people used to abuse them verbally but also physically mm-hmm. and they remained steadfast and they did not uh, cause harm to other people you know it's so easy if somebody uh, you know hits you or uh you know assaults you you mm. you, you all, it's normal to say okay i will going to i'm going to fight mm. back right mm. or i'm going to if somebody calls you something mm. or swears at you then um you know people might <coughs> think it's completely normal to mm. to swear back mm. but for a righteous person you have to bring yourself to a higher level right mm. and and the examples of that is our prophets i mean they Definitely. they mm. they did not respond in such mm. ways they mm. were very calm and mm. whenever people used to abuse them they used to either stay silent or pray for them yeah i mean uh, you know uh, that's reminds me one of the saying of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him in which say that uh, a good wrestler is not the one who beats another good wrestler mm. a good wrestler is the one who controls his anger mm. and and uh, you know in 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 very you know dire situation or you know so this is the quality of the of the uh, of the righteous people that uh, and when the ignorant addresses them they say peace mm. they do not you know uh you know they do not fight back or abuses them in a similar way as is you know opponent uh was abusing there's a very famous incident uh, there's a book written uh, by his holiness uh, the promised messiah peace and blessings of allah be upon him that uh, his name is qadian ki arya aur hum that uh, qadians arya and and we and in that the promised messiah narrated in that that uh, he was praying with um, around 100 of his companion and some hindu guy him the person came and he started abusing the promised messiah and the and these were not just normal hindu people they were extreme extreme hindus in people. india at that time yeah and uh, the promised messiah when writing he, he said that i fear that someone from my you know jamaat community uh, should not harm that person who is abusing so he led continued to lead this mass for like 2 hours and the and the person continued to abuse the promised messiah yeah. and this abuse is not you know the uh, you would say the simple one uh, the worst is the worst yeah. Im- uh, words you can imagine yeah. and he still does not say anything and he still said to the companion that you know just do not abuse back to that person so this is the quality of uh, of uh, of righteous people mm. and this why why should you remain silent that's another question why mm. should you not say anything back even if you don't say any anything as bad or any swear mm. word back if you respond angrily why you shouldn't do that i mean is there anything that comes to your mind i mean i'm thinking about an incident where um the promised messiah there was a companion of the promised messiah similar mm. incident really mm. that uh, some enemy came and and started abusing the the uh, companion and uh, kept abusing him kept mm. abusing him mm. and then the companion answered him back mm-hmm. and uh was, was the promised messiah yeah. was the holy prophet so, so the companion said to the promised messiah yes, and that yes. you know that uh, the promised messiah said to the companion that why should you answer back yeah. you shouldn't answer yeah. let him abuse what it abusive language yeah and the promised messiah didn't he say that uh, until you did not answer mm. the angels were answering mm. that person meaning that you were you were getting reward for all that mm. time you were being abused mm. but the time you answered back that mm. stopped because then you yeah. you made it your own mm. personal thing right so so yeah uh, that's that's the whole mm. thing that why why do you not respond back mm. 
it doesn't mean that you cannot you cannot talk cannot, to that person. Yeah. You can respond kindly, explain to them. But if somebody's swearing at you, mm. there's very little chance of that mm. person actually want to have a discussion with you. <laughs> so, in in those circumstances, mm. the best thing is to be quiet and and mm. just pray for that person. Mm. And really, during that time, you are actually being answered by angels. Mm. You you are Allah the Almighty is constantly mm. then writing good deeds mm. uh, as a result of your patience in your favor. So you you are basically uh, it's like a bonus that you are getting all the time. And then that's why that's one of the qualities of a righteous person because it takes a lot to not uh, be offended, to not be angry. Mm-hmm. Somebody who can control that, you know, is is a very powerful, spiritually very powerful person. Definitely. In another place of the Holy Quran, Allah, the Almighty says, "Wal Qazimin al Ghais," describing the qualities of the believer that they, they control their anger. Yeah. And when in in the dire situation, uh, you know, they control their anger and they do not want to you know just aiminglessly fight with people they want uh, peace and uh, they don't fight with aimlessly mm. so this is also another quality to have yeah. uh, nowadays i was having uh, a discussion uh, with few of my friends and uh, one of the thing um, mentioned that there's why there are so many broken marriages and one one person said that because you know we don't have patience do not have a patience anymore and a husband and wife do not listen to anymore if someone makes a mistake uh, other person suddenly you know picks on it yeah so this is another you know uh, thing if we have a patience then we can just have a, have a you know calm mind and we can later on talk yeah. about that matter and then can resolve things in that matter instead of you know rage on both side and that makes yeah. matter more i think it's absolutely right i mean mm. this is this is one of the biggest it's not just in marriages but just mm. generally you look at society yeah. there's so much intolerance now and mm. so 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 much lack of uh, patience that people get offended by small things uh, people start fighting over small issues you you see sometimes fights break out just because mm-hmm. somebody said something to some somebody so this is really down to self discipline mm-hmm. um and and control and that that is exactly what islam teaches you that's exactly what religion teaches you mm-hmm. it's not just about islam if you find similar teachings on in in judaism yeah. in, in, christianity. in christianity yeah. as well so this is very important self control for a person who wants to become righteous self control is very uh, important you control your tongue you control your hand i think if you control these things you control your eyes your ears these are the things that mm-hmm. islam also said that you know protect because is through these things mm. that people normally commit evil commit sins mm. um let's have a listen to another clip f- that we have for you uh the question here is that how can we purify our hearts and strength in our faith to uh create that strength in our faith to have the love and spiritual connection with allah the almighty so let's have a listen to the answer to this question Um uh, my question is um how can we purify our hearts and strengthen our faith to have the love and the spiritual connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The best way is to pray to Allah Taala that Allah Taala purifies your heart This is why Allah Taala has asked us to and even he has shown so many examples in the Holy Quran and given us the prayers in the Holy Quran that you should say you do istighfar istighfar is the best way 
to purify your heart. Istighfar is the best way to free you from your previous sins and to give you the power to 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 stop committing any sin again. So this is the best way. And then also Allah Ta'ala has asked a true Muslim to offer the five daily prayers. So if you are fervently praying in our daily, five daily prayers and observing our prayers and uh, with full concentration, then we can see that there's a big change in our life. So the best way is to offer five daily prayers, seek Allah's guidance, Allah's help to purify your heart and do istighfar and do durood sharif as well as much as you can. That will also help you to purify your heart and to increase you in your faith and belief. Yep, so that was the answer given that uh, we have to purify ourselves and then through prayers and self-reflection gain closeness to Allah. Mm, definitely. Um, now, if we go to the third qualities of the righteous people, which Allah the Almighty describes in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty says, وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا And who spend the night before their Lord, prostrate and standing. This is from chapter 25, verse 65. His Holiness describing, uh, commentating on this verse, he says that, uh, Allah the Almighty did not say here that the righteous servants spend only a few days in worship, but rather they constant, consistently uh, pass their nights in worship and prayer. This is an extremely important responsibility for an Ahmadi that he not only focuses on his obligatory prayer, but also decorates his nights with nawafil, optional prayer, and observe the hajjat, voluntary pre-dawn prayers, especially in such condition where all of the Muslim country in the world are creating deterrence and difficulties for Ahmadi Muslims. Waking up at night for prayer is to crush one's ego. And this is exactly what Allah the Almighty instructs. If we sincerely enter into Allah's presence by dedicating our nights for His worship, then this very deed will be the means to eradicate the difficulties the Jamaat face, faces. You must keep in mind that you should not merely wake up for worship at night for your own personal reason, but to also gain Allah's pleasure and to pray for the Jamaat's progress and advancement. If any Ahmadi in this world were to sincerely make compulsory upon himself at least two nawafil, two optional prayer, seeking Allah's pleasure and praying for the progress and paying for the progress of the Jamaat, the community, then we shall indeed witness how Allah's help rock skyrockets from before and how Allah will eradicate the enmity of the opponents. Mm. I think prayers are, are the next step, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think when we talked about humility, when we talked about steadfastness, patience in mm -hmm. the face of adversity, and now the third mm -hmm. is <coughs> to bow down in front of Allah, the Almighty, pray. Mm -hmm. So it's not just enough to 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 try to be humble, try to self-reflect, but also to pray mm -hmm. because there's only so much that you can do within yourself 
to try to improve spiritually. But at some point, and definitely onwards, mm-hmm. you do need God's help. Definitely. And that help is going to come through asking, mm-hmm. right? So we cannot just expect that we're sitting and we're not making any effort on and God Almighty will make us righteous and He will make us, you know, very good spiritually. Mm-hmm. We have to make some kind of effort. Definitely. We have to pray. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to prayers, as you mentioned, that it does not mean that you pray once a week or only for a few days mm. and then you achieve that mm. status. It's a continuous progress. It's a continuous journey. And prayers have to be done on a continuous basis to remain on the track of righteousness and taqwa, which is righteousness, really. And you have to do that continuously. And I think mm. that's where Islam really distinguishes itself mm-hmm. from all other religions, that in Islam, it's obligatory for you to pray five mm. times a day. Mm. And this consistency in prayer <clears throat> is what keeps you on track towards righteousness. Because if you do not have that, let's say if you pray maybe just on a Sunday, maybe just on a Friday, maybe just on a Tuesday, what about the rest of the week? You know, mm. you will lose that momentum. But if you have five days, five uh, times a day, every day, five times a day, throughout the day, you know, mm. the prayers are spread throughout the day. Mm. You're constantly reminded that you have to be humble. Yeah. You're constantly mm. reminded that you should be patient. And you're constantly reminded that you should pray and seek forgiveness from God Almighty. So that, if somebody has that in mm. mind on a continuous basis, how can that person, you know, stray away? Definitely. Uh, you know, this is the third quality uh, which Allah the Almighty mentioned that they spend the night before their Lord mm. prostrating and standing in front of their God. Now, you know, one cannot achieve nothing without the true will. Yeah. So if one is waking up at night, so it's, it's a, it's a pre dawn prayer, right? Mm. Before Fajr. Yeah. Uh, so uh, nowadays Fajr, for example, is happening 7 o'clock. So pre-dawn prayer would, should would be 5.30, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And some sometime when Fajr prayer uh, happening is uh, 3.45. So you have to wake up for Fajr around 2 o'clock. Yeah. So that means if one wants to have a true relationship with his creator, then he has to show uh, Allah the Almighty that he really wants his, uh, really wants to connect with his creator. And so Allah the Almighty said that, uh, they stand before their Lord a- at nights. So when we look to the Holy Prophet وسلم, as the Aisha, the wife of the Holy Prophet وسلم, narrates that the Holy Prophet وسلم, throughout his night, he used to wake up and offer two nawafil and then he asked, he take some rest and then again he used to wake up and then offer the voluntary prayer and he used to cry and he, she, she described that, uh, you know, uh, as the sign, as when you put pot on the, on the stove and as the water boils and sound of the boiling water, similarly, the Holy Prophet used to cry before his his creator. So this is a very uh, good quality, or said this must having a quality of the righteous, mm. righteous people. And uh, then, then uh, His Holiness explained that uh, the the night prayer, waking up at night prayer, is to crush one's ego. Mm. So it is another aspect of uh, tahajjud. Uh, how how do you how do you crush your ego, isn't it? I mean, one thing mm. I can think of is that mm. when you are asleep mm. and you don't wake up, yeah. I mean, that's you are 
putting yourself you know as at in ease mm. and and giving it giving a full preference to mm. what your needs are right mm-hmm. what marketing my need is to sleep 7 8 hours i don't want to be disturbed in my sleep mm. i want to rest properly that's where this ego comes in does it is isn't it right because you know for fajr prayer as well we have to wake up we sacrifice that mm. a little bit time mm. like yeah of course fajr prayer is a bit mm. later now it's 7 7 o'clock around that time so people are normally awake at that time but that time will continue to change sometimes it will be 4 o'clock yeah. in the morning yeah. right so making that sacrifice mm. or as you said the pre dawn prayer which mm. are which we are encouraged to pray mm. even earlier than that you know you wake up uh, <coughs> 5:30 4 mm. o'clock even 3 o'clock mm-hmm. times and do that prayer you break your comfort mm. for the sake of allah so yeah. you're breaking your ego mm. right So that's one of the things that I can think about definitely that you 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 are sacrificing that time you could sleep and and just be comfortable but then will you attain the same right uh, righteousness or the same spiritual uh, level that uh, you can if you pray I don't think you can by just sleeping so you have to make those sacrifices mm-hmm. the promised messiah uh, peace be upon him said that if our entire lives are spent in worldly engagements what will we have accumulated for the hereafter make a special effort to wake up for tahajjud and the pre-dawn prayer and offer it with fervor and joy so i think uh, that's the answer that's the, that's <laughs> the answer that you know uh, nowadays we see that you know people are so much busy in their life that yeah. they hardly you know realize that they have a purpose in this life yeah. and uh, you know um, They, they realize it too late maybe right? they, yeah they realize it too late or maybe they realize they have realized but they overlooked yeah. said okay we'll, we'll see in the, in, it's not important for yeah. them but uh, i think <coughs> what i'm what i'm trying to say is that when people realize it they realize it too late, too late. meaning mm. that when the people are about to pass away mm. when they're dying they're saying oh we were <coughs> what well, we were we, we earned so much money mm. or we mm. had so so much wealth but at the end of the day they mm. they feel anguish and 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 scared because mm. they're leaving the world with nothing mm. like even you know all these conquerors pharaohs mm. all these kings who left the world they had all the money gold that they could wish for mm. but at the end of the day they 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 have to leave this world they have to pass away and they they couldn't take anything with them mm-hmm. so the question there is that if you can't take anything with you mm-hmm. and you believe in the next life even if you don't believe in the hereafter mm. what have you done mm. to secure yourself like mm. i often mention this because i think it's really interesting mm. that today in this world materialistic world that we live in people love to take out you know people are you know sometimes taking out insurances mm. life insurance you know sometimes there are insurances that you have to take otherwise you cannot live without mm. without mm. it but people don't realize that what's the insurance for the hereafter <laughs> right yeah i mean even if you don't believe it in just imagine if there is a life mm. you know you die and then mm. you wake up and you're in another dimension you know mm. what have you done yeah i mean was there anybody who came in this world mm. told you that there is a hereafter you should prepare for that too mm. you should pray you should try to be a better person spiritually be kind to people help people pray to god mm-hmm. and you just ignored that mm. because you were too busy buying and and uh, earning and working your whole life off mm. to gain materialistic things which you are going to end up leaving 
Definitely. So this is the question that people need to think, and this is a question that Islam certainly has an answer to. I think in the beginning of this show, mm. um, we discussed that you know, uh, the promised Messiah actually uh, explained that it is the very nature of the hum- human heart. Or it's the very nature of human being yeah. that he tries to find someone uh, who created uh, him. So it, it is inculcal- inculcate in our you know, in our heart, I would say, in our very nature to try to find, uh, over, you know, try to find Allah the Almighty. But uh, with the, with, 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 with so much in, you know, but sometimes we overlook in our life and uh, this, the religious aspect of life and we indulge so much in worldly matters that, you know, the, the real purpose is uh, somehow, you know, it's in background and not focusing on the real purpose. Mm. So that is what the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, say that, you know, uh, this should not happen, that your whole life passes and then at the end of it, you realize, okay, we have a purpose, another mm. purpose, and that is pleasing God and his creation. So anyway, but um, it's a very, I think, important question, how one can get used to offer offering the Hajjad prayer and ask, uh, answering this question his Holiness, the fifth caliph of the Muslim community, uh, said that um, he told the boy, the, some boy uh, asked His Holiness, he told the boy that he should try and wake up 30 minutes before he usually does for Fajr prayer. His Holiness said that when you become used to that time and offer two nawafil, two voluntary prayer or two rakat of the Hajjad prayer, pre-dawn prayer, then in this way you can adjust your time so that you can give more time to the Hajjad prayer. Mm. But this is all depend on your willpower. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another question, what prayer does uh, His Holiness make in the Hajjad? What, what does he pray for in the pre-dawn prayers as we have been talking about and in which order? So let's have a listen to the answer to this question. Beloved Hazur, my question is that when you offer tahajjud prayers, what prayers do you make and in which order? You see, the Prophet said that I pray for myself, that Allah Ta'ala gives me the sound health so that I can try to get closer to Allah Ta'ala more than before. And then I pray for my community members, my friends, my children. So, in this way, you have to pray for yourself, for the mission of the Prophet and the Holy Prophet to spread the message of Islam all across the world and then for your siblings, for your parents and later on for other people. So this is the normal order but sometimes if there's any incident arises then I pray for that, right? Beautiful answer by His Holiness, uh, where he explained that uh, how you can pray. Uh, you pray for yourself. You pray for you know your parents. You can pray for your mm. people around you, your relatives. You can pray for your friends. You can pray for the broader um, you know good of the world. Mm. You mm. can pray for the mission of uh, Islam, the mission of the Promised Messiah, and uh, that uh, God Almighty blesses everyone, really. So the scope of prayer, mm. there's no limit to that. You can pray for, for anything and uh, everything mm. that you want. Another khudam, um, a young khudam from USA, during a virtual meeting with His Holiness, asked, uh, what is the best way to offer tahajjud prayer and how can, be, uh, how can be built a habit to offer it regularly? So um, His Holiness responded, if you're determined, uh, you know, uh, 
deter, uh, you know, have a will, strong will, uh, that you have to offer tahajjud prayer regularly. Then before going to bed, you pray that Allah the Almighty helps you and wakes you up on time. Uh, use three or, or two, four alarms on your iPhone or your on your iPad. I think that will help you to um, make you get up at that time. Again, it all depends on your determination. To do something good needs determination. Otherwise, you cannot do so. Yeah. So I think the willpower and determination is is uh, yeah is very important. Very important mm-hmm. because <clears throat> listen, I mean, it's it's not easy. Sometimes it is difficult, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not every time that we get it right. Uh, many times we miss the 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 pre dawn prayers, the voluntary prayer, the hajjat prayers, and sometimes you may be tired. Uh, you may forget to wake up. You know, you wake up late. So it's all about struggle and keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Mm. It's the same thing with prayers, isn't it? Like sometimes our prayers are not up to the standards mm. it should be. We're mm. praying five times a day. Yeah. Yeah, the consistency is there, mm-hmm. but the quality is not always there. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We don't give up. Mm. We keep trying. We keep trying. And I think that's another beautiful thing about this concept of prayer is that, you know, God could have said that, you know, to to have quality in prayer, mm. just pray once a day. Mm. But still, we are we are told to pray five times mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. It means that we keep trying, right? Mm-hmm. And if you just say, okay, I'm going to lessen it, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't guarantee that your quality will improve. So what you have to do is in every prayer, you have to you have a chance to improve. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a blessing from Allah as well that he has given us five mm-hmm. prayers during the day. It's not a burden. It's actually a blessing that we mm-hmm. have five times chances mm-hmm. to do it properly, you know, <laughs> and try to, to make... Uh, make something out of it mm. and, and pray pray them properly and it's it's a blessing that you have that chance and I think another thing which maybe Imran you can also mm. talk a little bit about is that when you are <coughs> praying how you're able to disconnect from the world mm. and really focus on the spiritual side of things self-improvement plus also um you know, you are seeking Allah's help for issues, problems, people have stresses, we have stresses about things as well. But the prayers are the tools to alleviate all that mm. pain. I think, as you mentioned, beautiful point, even it is scientifically proven that those people who have uh, some sort of, uh, you know, meditation, meditation mm. they are less d- depressed than the people who don't have any kind of purpose in life or, do, or they don't do meditation or any kind of, you know, spiritual exercise. Yes. Uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, explained that um, man is, uh, as a human being, we are uh, m- we're not near to overcreated when we are in prostration. Mm. So uh, I myself and lots of people, you know, they have experienced that when they are in prostration and when they are praying, they are cut from from world, and this felt like they're you're in other world. And when you directly call to your Creator, oh that oh God, you know, uh, I have this problem and solve for me, then it's it's a very relief that you're talking to your Creator, and, and He has an all powerful, and he, he can he can you know do or he can turn your difficulty in, into easy in. in in just minutes, yeah. so that that feeling and that feeling of connection with your creator, it removes removes every kind of you know negative thought into your mm. mind. I think very interesting. I mean, mm. you mentioned the point that when you are in prostration, when you are bowing down and you you you're touching your head to the mm. floor, mm. you are 
nearest to God in mm. in a sense that you are you know uh, closest to mm. Allah the Almighty in terms of connection, and again shows the very first uh, quality of uh, righteousness that we talked about was yeah. humility. humility. Right? So that humility is perfectly captured by this action that okay. we do in our prayers. I think it's a beautiful point that uh, you know when we are in 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 prostration, that's the most humiliate you know uh, I would humble say position, humble yes. position yes. one can have and uh, and through that allah the almighty wants wants us to understand that those who show humility they can have a connection with me yes if you have a pride if you if you think that you know you're above everything and uh, you're right all the time then there is no place then you can have a connection if you want to have a connection then show humility and the prostration in front of your creator is the most humble way Beautifully sure. said. The second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazim Mizza Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmad, uh, may Allah be pleased with him. He uh, wrote many, uh, you know, articles and uh, he did many speeches in which uh, he talked about spiritual connection with God Almighty. Um, Zikrilahi is one of his mm-hmm. famous collection of uh, speeches. Yeah. Uh, where he talks about uh, uh, remembrance of uh, <coughs> it's uh, translated as well for those of you who are interested definitely a great read um, he said that um, the method to for example uh, read the early uh, night prayer or the uh, pre-dawn prayer um, one of the methods was to recite some prayers or zikr before falling asleep and he said that this will cause you to wake up again for prayers or zikr during the night because you're already in that state when you're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to perform uh, this method of uh, prayers or zikr in the following manner uh, before going to sleep. So he would first recite the uh, a specific verse of the Holy Quran known as the Aytul Kursi mm-hmm. and uh, the last three chapters of the Holy Quran as well he used to recite. And then he gently blew upon his hands and lightly passed them over his face and body. Um, and he would turn towards his right and then he would say, Oh Allah, I put myself in your protection hmm. and turn my face towards you and assign all my affairs to you with complete inclination and I only fear you. Uh, there is no refuge or protection from you except towards yourself. I believe in your book. Uh, which you have revealed and your prophet that you have sent. All believers should perform this kind of zikr and remembrance of God um, then continue that um, Mm. when you wake up. So that's a a really interesting way to continue that because um, I think there was a there's also saying of the prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that if you are sleeping and you are in zikr or you are praying and you're remembering Allah and you sleep in that mm-hmm. while you're doing that, then the whole night that you have slept, all the hours that you have slept, mm-hmm. that will count as blessings for you. Definitely. I mean, uh, I uh, often, you know, realize this, that, you know, whatever you're thinking before going to your sleep, uh, you know, uh, when you wake up, you have, you know, if you're thinking good uh, in good terms, then you have uh, this good feeling. And if you're thinking something bad about someone or something bad, then you have this negative feeling when you wake up. Mm. So I think um, this is very important that before going to sleep, you remember Allah the Almighty. And this is how you can wake up for the Hajjad uh, prayer, pre-dawn prayer. 
and the practice you which you've mentioned regarding the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that before going to sleep he used to recite this specific verse, Ayat al-Kursi and the, and, uh, the last three verse, uh, surah, mm. uh, chapters of the Holy Quran. Um, Hazrat Aisha, the wife of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, raised that you know, in his last days, when the Holy Prophet couldn't have a power to, you know, to, to, to practice this, uh, uh, this, this zikr, Hazrat Aisha says that you know, uh, I used to recite Ayat al-Kursi, and the last three chapters, mm. and I used to blow to the hand of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I used to rub his hand against his own body mm. uh, for the blessing. So uh, he used to, you know, continuously to do this practice. So this is very important if you want to wake up. Someone wants to wake up uh, for pre-dawn prayer. Then zikr ilahi is a very important thing. Then Hazrat Muslim Allah the the second caliph of Ahmadiyya Muslim community says that before going to sleep. Um, if you if you do wuzu ablution, yeah. that also helps waking up tahajjud. And uh, then, uh, the, uh, as his oldness mentioned, if you have a willpower, determination, yeah, that's another aspect. And alarms, you can put alarms as well. So yeah, I, I think that's if you try these things, uh, it it will help, mm-hmm. and and it is possible. Like, you see, there are a lot of uh, experts nowadays who are saying, "Oh, you should not be using your phone late at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid the strong light from your phone. Even on the phones, you get like you know night mode now yeah. as well. The <laughs> brightness is mm-hmm. uh, lessened. So." Experts are saying for your own mental health, so you get a good mm. sleep, make sure you go to bed uh, at a good time early, don't go bed to bed too late, don't eat too too close to your bedtime, um, you know, have a right mm. temperature, all of these things that mm. they have to uh, scientifically proven that, you know, you will give you good sleep. But Islam has given us a higher purpose mm. that not only for sleep, mm-hmm. but to go to sleep mm. in a state where you are pure. Do these things, as you mentioned, you know, evolution, mm. do your prayers before you go to sleep, pray. Yeah. And as the example of the Holy Prophet is there, that you pray and completely put all your trust into mm. Allah the Almighty. Mm. And uh, we say that in the name of Allah, we die and we will again be raised up by God. Um, that is the most beautiful way spiritually mm. to go to go to go to sleep. Definitely. And you wake up because if you have a desire to to wake up and pray for to Allah the Almighty and be connected mm-hmm. with your Lord, you will wake up, yeah. you know. Um, all right, so let's have a, a quick listen to another question, actually, mm-hmm. that was asked uh, about the dawn prayer. So we're still on that a little bit. Um, the question is, is every prayer offered in Tahajjud Salat accepted? So this is an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Let's have a listen to the answer to this. My question is, is that Tahajjud یہ تو اللہ تعالیٰ بہتر جانتا ہے نا کہ آپ نے تحجد کس طرح پڑھی ہے تحجد کی نماز ایک ایسی نماز ہے جس میں کوئی نہیں جانتا کہ انسان پڑھ رہا ہے آدمی بالکل علیحدہ ہوتا ہے ان کو آئسولیشن میں پڑھی جا رہی ہوتی ہے اور بندہ جانتا ہے یا اللہ جانتا ہے کہ تم کیا دعائیں کر رہی ہو کیا سو دس کوشچن واز آسٹ ان اردو اینڈ So let me just translate that for you. So the question that was asked His Holiness was that is every prayer accepted uh, that you pray in your uh, pre-dawn prayers? And His Holiness said that it is up to Allah the Almighty. It is between you and God Almighty. Um, and the prayers that you do, Allah the Almighty is the one who knows when to uh, accept it or what is the right mm-hmm. uh, time to accept it. 
and also how he will accept it. So it's not it's not for us to decide what prayer God Almighty will accept or not accept. We'll now, um, I think, go to a break. And then after the break, we'll uh, head over to the news. And Imran, after the news, we still have more going qualities to, have, to yeah, go through. So just right? uh, describe the four qualities. Mm-hmm. I'm going to describe the qualities of the righteous people. Absolutely. Inshallah, after the break. You're listening to Voice of Islam. This is The Drive Time Show. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. I uh, hope you're having a great time uh, off, whether you're celebrating Christmas or whether you are just celebrating your holidays. Um, but I hope you're listening to Voice of Islam because we've got very interesting, uh, you know, um, a topic that we are going through right now. And uh, that is how we can you know, follow the steps of righteousness to attain a closer relationship with God Almighty. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Yeah, I think it's a very important topic, as as you mentioned. Um, you know, as also we mentioned in the beginning of this show, that the the very purpose of human being is to have connection uh, with his creator, to have a bond. And uh, these 14 or 13 qualities, which the Holy Quran describes of uh, righteous people, uh, that's uh, that's helps you to have a connection or better connection with your creator. So we have uh, mentioned the three qualities. So, so the four qualities, which uh, the fourth quality, which Allah the Almighty mentioned in the Holy Quran is, وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا صَرِفْ عَنَّا عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمَا إِنَّا عَذَابَهَا كَانَ غَرَامًا إِنَّهَا سَاعَتْ مُسْتَقَرًا وَمَقَامًا The translation is that, and who say, O oh Lord, avert from us the punishment of the hell, for their punishment thereof is a lasting torment. It is indeed evil as a place of rest and as a abode. So this is from chapter 25, verse 66. His Holiness described this verse, uh, says that there are two types of hell, the hell of the hereafter, wherein one will receive the punishment of his sins, and the hell of this world, where one faces the negative consequences of his evil action. Hence, Allah's righteous servants must constantly <coughs> remain engaged in tawbah and istighfar, seeking repentance and forgiveness from Allah. They must strive to remain within, within Allah's protection. They must pray to Allah, the Almighty, that he saves them from the humiliation of this world and the next. Mm. So seeking uh, Allah's protection against hellfire is the fourth hmm. uh, quality of uh, a person who uh, wants to attain righteousness. And I think it's really important as well because keeping in mind what we've already discussed, mm-hmm. that uh, humility has to be adopted, uh, kindness has to be adopted, um, self-reflection, as well as prayers, constant prayers have to be adopted. Um, and uh, practiced in order to attain righteousness. Now, after we have done all of that, we also have to pray that Allah the Almighty protects us from the hellfire mm-hmm. or any punishment, which is a result of maybe our weaknesses because we're not perfect and sometimes we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So we seek forgiveness from that. And uh, there are many prayers that uh, we are taught in the Holy Quran and by the Holy Prophet of Islam uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, along these lines that we should seek forgiveness for our sins and we should seek protection from hellfire. Definitely. Uh, 
So the fourth quality which Allah the Almighty mentions is seeking, you know, they always seek protection. Mm. They're always uh, doing istighfar, seeking repentance and forgiveness. So when we look to the life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, in one of his saying, he says that I repent from Allah the Almighty more than 70 times in a day. And although the the, the Holy Prophet, uh, as, as we believe, that um, uh, he does not commit any sin mm. in his life, but he still continue to repent in his life and um, um, when he w- uh, was uh, you know offering tahajjud prayer a uh, prayer a uh, pre-dawn prayer one companion came to uh, to the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him and said that oh prophet why you you know you you do so long prayers that your feet are swollen yeah and he answered beautifully and it, the companion also said that your previous sin has been you know forgiven by allah the almighty you did not commit any sin then still, why you don't uh, so much, you know, uh, uh, do prayer and istighfar, seeking repentance? And he answered beautifully, um, That should I not be a grateful servant of my Lord? Mm. So this is this is the you know quality yeah. of the of the um, people, or uh, of uh, or, or should be the quality of a person who who wants to have a connection with Allah the Almighty. Absolutely. Um, we touched upon, uh, you know, praying uh, and humility as well. And uh, earlier we spoke to uh, one of our guests. Uh, we were speaking to a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, in fact, uh, who uh, is Imam Farhan Iqbal, and he's an Ahmadi Muslim missionary who's serving in uh, Canada. And we asked him a few questions about humility, righteousness, and uh, prayers. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's have a listen to what he had to say. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. We are pleased to have Farhan Iqbal, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community serving in Canada. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and Jazakallah for, for joining us. Walaikum assalam rahmatullah and jazakallah uh, for having me. Now, to begin with, what is the difference between offering your nawafil prayers, your voluntary prayers, straight after your isha prayers, the, the which are the night prayers, and offering the tahajjud prayer, which is the pre, you know, the the pre-dawn prayer? Yeah, so uh, both of them are basically nawafil prayers. They're they're voluntary. Um, they just have a you know tahajjud prayer, as you mentioned, is before dawn and uh, nawafil prayers can be offered any other time of the day but uh, the the big difference is you know to begin with uh, in the holy quran allah says auzubillahi minashaitanirrajim wa min al-layli fatahajjad bihi nafilatan lak and offer uh, tahajjud uh, with the recitation of the quran in a part of the night as a voluntary service for you so in, in other words, tahajjud is something that is specifically mentioned and encouraged in the Holy Quran, and that would obviously be one of the main and big uh, differences. The other, the other thing we, we should remember is that in Islam, when, I, when it comes to our prayers, we follow the model of the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and in, in the Holy Quran, Allah says, "Wama ataqum." which means that whatsoever the messenger that is Prophet Muhammad whatever he gives you whatever uh, he does you should take it you should follow it and whatever he forbids you from you should abstain from it so it's a clear injunction for us to follow what the Holy Prophet Muhammad did and we see that in his life 
he should he he used to offer tahajjud prayer very regularly i mean he offered other nawafil prayers as well but he was very particular about tahajjud prayer and there's one narration from hazrat bilal radhiyallahu where he narrates that the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said you should be very regular in tahajjud that has been a practice of the righteous ones in the past and is a means of attaining nearness to god this is a habit that safeguards against sin removes blemishes and safeguards from physical illness and so that you know we see the we see the emphasis that has been laid upon tahajjud unlike other nawafil uh, prayers and of course the, the 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 difference would be that we go to bed we 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 uh, we are expected to have some sleep and then wake up for tahajjud prayer so the extra effort and the sacrifice of sleep that is involved makes this the the this uh, tahajjud prayer the nafil prayer which is offered in the morning uh, a lot more rewarding and because we are making that special sacrifice there is obviously greater reward in this uh, in this prayer absolutely well uh, thank you for um, clarifying that as well talking about tahajjud prayer in particular as we you know we're talking about this um, on our show prayers in islam uh, which are the five obligatory prayers they are normally done uh, or they are told uh, to be done in congregation um, particularly in the mosque now what about the tahajjud prayers does that need a congregation as well do they can they be offered in congregation or is it better to do it in person or, you know, i mean individually yeah so with tahajjud prayer uh, it is possible uh, to do both ways i mean uh, if uh, tahajjud prayer is offered in congregation it would not be wrong we have both practices uh, from the uh, from the practice uh, of the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, for instance there is one narration in bukhari where it says that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam slept and then woke up in the morning and there was this companion a young boy at that time uh, who was with him and he stood up uh, by his side um to offer the prayer and 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 uh, you know he he the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam even moved him to towards his right side so we have that uh, example of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam doing that in congregation there are some other narrations about that as well but hmm. the the uh, the main way the the priority should be given to offering tahajjud individually like on your own instead of in congregation Uh, you know and that was the practice of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for most of his life so congregational tahajjud was an exception it was not the rule the rule was to offer the tahajjud prayer uh, on your own right. uh, because you want that time to to recite the quran uh, to to uh, offer you know prayers in sajda so you want that privacy uh, in in, in tahajjud prayer that you would not have if you were offering it in congregation mm-hmm. right so in our jamaat we have we have uh, the practice that on special occasions we do have tahajjud prayer for instance recently with the jasa salana uh, we had the tahajjud prayer in the morning mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and um, we we see that the tahajjud prayer is not uh, you know it's a voluntary prayer as you mentioned that it, it is a form of nawafil as well I mean, the best form of nawafil but it is a form of nawafil now the nawafil are you know as as it says in its name it's they they're voluntary they're done you know out of compulsion but w- what is the point then in, in praying in them if you know the five daily prayers if if that is enough 
And what is sort of the are there more blessings in the tahajjud prayer? What's the you know what's the reason behind that one? Well, a part of the answer I already gave with uh, when we were talking earlier about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam doing this and whatever we know about prayers comes to us from the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yes, and because he he offered these prayers regularly and whatever he did, we try to follow him. Um, in Islamic jurisprudence, we have categories of prayers. Uh, you have mentioned uh, the prayers, the couple of categories al- already. There are the obligatory prayers, the farz prayers, then there is the sunnah prayer, and then there is the nawafil. Hmm. Among the nawafil or voluntary prayers, the hajjad has the highest uh, position. It has the highest. Uh, the, it has the high, highest reward. Hmm. There is a narration uh, from Hazrat Abu Huraira radiyallahu he says, "Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam qala, 'Yanzilu Rabbuna tabaraka wa taala kulla laylatin ila samai dunya hina yabka sulusul laylil akhiru fa yakulu man yaduuni fa astajibu lahu wa man yasaluni fa utiyahu wa man yastaghfiruni fa aghfiralah." Which means that the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that, "Oh, that our Lord, um, the blessing." the blessed and exalted descends every night to the lowest heaven hmm. when one third of the latter part of the night is left and says who supplicates to me so that i may answer him who asks me so that i may give it to him who asks me for forgiveness so that i may forgive him so it's a special time to be offering nafal prayer uh, at uh, that early part of the night uh, uh, early part of the uh, the latter part of the night mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just before before dawn, because again, you, you, when we get up uh, at that time, we are sacrificing sleep only so that we can offer a voluntary prayer. So we're making, we're putting a lot of effort, uh, you know, to 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 get up and, and sacrificing our sleep uh, to offer something that we are not even required to do. So obviously, that uh, kind of sacrifice which is voluntary would have a much greater reward as opposed to some doing something which uh, we are obligated to do like the first prayer right. which is the fajr prayer for instance right. because uh, you know obligatory prayers are are things that we are told that if you don't do it it would be sinful and there's a there is an accountability for that exactly. but the hajjat prayer is something that we're doing on on our own right right exactly beautifully put there now when we talk about uh, the tahajjud prayers and somebody wants to actually get into the habit uh, of that, how many how many rakat does one need to pray anyway? I mean, is it is is it eight or is it you can simply just pray two, or is there more than that or less than that? What, what what's the what's the amount of uh, of that? We we do have the example of the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam offering eight rakat. Hmm. Um, that is one model to follow, and that is obviously a good standard uh, to, to or a good goal uh, to 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 try to achieve. Hmm. Um, there is a quotation of the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, a short quotation that I would like to share, yes. where he explains this. So he says, "Our jamaat should make it incumbent upon itself to offer tahajjud. Hmm. Anyone who cannot do more." Should make at a minimum two rakat hmm. because he will get an opportunity to make some supplication. Right. right. And then he says supplications made at this time have a very special characteristic because they are of true pain and eagerness. So in other words, you know, the habit is more important. Trying to do it regularly is more important. And if you cannot do more, at least just two rakat, you hmm. should try and offer at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And just before um, we let you go as well, how can someone who who is you know wants to now get into the habit or build that habit, uh, get into the routine of waking up for the Hajj on a regular basis, not just a one-off, not just during the month of Ramadan, but you know make that a part of his or her life. How can sort of how can you do that? Because waking up for the you know especially living. In these sort of countries, I mean, specifically speaking about the UK, where the Fajr prayer, the morning prayer, is or the dawn pre-dawn prayer is so early in the morning. How can we get into the habit of waking up for tahajjud even before that? Right. Uh, there is a there is a wonderful book, Remembrance of Allah, mm. by the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad. May Allah be pleased with him, where he has listed thirteen ways to get up for the Hajjad. Hmm. Uh, this book is available for download uh, on alislam.org. Just type in the search bar, remember Allah. Go to page 34 and you will see uh, the methods listed. Just to give you a quick hint of what those methods are, right. uh, he talks about using an alarm clock, for instance, obviously, right? Yeah. And then he talks about, uh, you know, how it is a law of nature that everything reverts to its original state if similar circumstances reappear. Um, and, and then he talks about how if you are offering zikr after Isha prayer, hmm. right, which is late into the night, right. the more zikr you pro- perform, the earlier you will get up for zikr in the morning. So it will have this natural impact on your biological clock where you're offering zikr late in the evening and then you get up early in the morning. For It's easier to get up early in the morning, morning for, for the same uh, zikr. Uh, another example of a method he listed is is to perform wuzu, mm-hmm. ablution, before going to bed. So that cleanliness and that it puts you into that mode of uh, you know being clean and being uh, with ablution before you are you're going to bed. And uh, that cleanliness, that spirituality, helps you in the morning uh, to get up earlier. So these are just quick uh, you know small habits that we can form uh, that can help us get up more easily so you can consult the book to to read all the details absolutely absolutely well thank you so much for for joining us uh, imam farhan iqbal uh, missionary of the ahmadiyya muslim community from uh, serving in canada zakala once uh, once again and uh, assalamu alaikum peace be upon you thank you for having me wa alaikum assalam wa that's brilliant. Uh, so this was the conversation we had with uh, imam farhan iqbal earlier and he gave some great insight and tips um, as to how we can further improve our prayers uh, as well. However, we're going to go straight to our next point, which uh, is part of the different qualities of righteousness that we're talking about, Imran, mm. if you can take us there. Yeah, this is the fifth quality which Allah the Almighty explains of the righteous people are, is that وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا أَنْفَقُوا لَمْ يُسْرِفُوا And those who, when they spend, are not extravagant. So I think this is a very, very uh, important quality mm. uh, that uh, you know Islam also teaches us that uh, uh, you know uh, have a middle way. Do not be you know just uh, very fist-handed, close-handed, and do not be you know uh, like extravagant expending. And uh, so uh, we see in, in 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 this day and age that people expend so much on marriages stuff, uh, mm. uh, marriages. So I was having uh, reading an article in which say that Asian people. Uh, you know, they spend most on the wedding, and and they even take uh, loan mm. in order to have their weddings. So I think this is this is the one aspect which we have to look at. Yeah. So spending, uh, uh, you know, 
in moderation, spending on the right things again, mm-hmm. that's all comes down to righteousness. I mean, we spend on materialistic things, that's fine. We have to do that for mm-hmm. essentials for sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, but remembering that we also have to spend in the way of Allah, spend in charity yeah. and not to waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is really important for righteousness mm-hmm. uh, and that's essential part of it uh, we are also going to just quickly check in with one audio that we have for you where the question is are all sins forgiven uh, let's have a quick listen to that my question is many people sin but then pray to be forgiven therefore are all sins forgiven you see Allah knows better we cannot decide that that person will be forgiven or not even Allah Ta'ala has said that I am the, the Malik and Allah, the God. I know whom I'm going to forgive and whom I will not. You see, there was a story. There was a person who was a very pious person. He asked another person who was not that pious that uh, you, since you are not offering five daily prayers and you are committing bad things, you will be sent to hell. The person who was not very much pious said that, who are you to say that I will be sent to hell? It is Allah who will decide. But the person who thought himself to be very pious and uh, or in another way he should say that he was quite arrogant in this regard said no it is definite it is quite certain that you will be sent to hell it's it so happened that uh, coincidentally both of them died at the same time right when the soul reached to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala asked him, the person who was uh, apparently very pious person that who are you to decide that who is going to hell and going to who is going to heaven? It is me who has to decide. I am, I am the God, all-powerful, omnipotent Allah. Right? Then uh, so you, you said to this person that he will go to hell and you, you thought yourself to be a very pious person and you will go to heaven. So now, now decision is in my hand. So I decide that this person whom you were thinking will go to hell, I am sending him to heaven. And you, because of your arrogance and uh, thinking that you have done so many good things, you will go to heaven, I am sending you to hell. So now it is Allah Ta'ala who decides who is going to heaven and who is going to hell. But our duty is that we should try to follow the commandments of Allah Ta'ala. Don't at the same time try Allah Ta'ala. That he will, whatever we do, we shall be forgiven and we shall go to heaven. Allah Ta'ala says that these are my commandments, these are my injunctions, this is my teaching. This has been given in the Holy Quran. If you are a true believer, true Muslim, then to follow my commandments and injunctions. Right? And then if you do it, then it is my promise 
that I will send you to heaven. Being a human being, you might commit some small sins, that those small sins will also be forgiven by Allah Ta'ala. Answer given uh, by His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Emily Muslim community. Now next, uh, we're looking at the qualities of righteousness, uh, the qualities that a person who wants to be righteous need to adopt. And number six on our list is don't be miserly. Hmm. Um, verse of the Holy Quran saying, وَلَمْ يَقْتَرُوا وَكَانَ بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ قَوَامًا They are not miserly, but moderate between the two. So this is very closely linked to the one we talked about mm-hmm. before, about finding a middle way, being moderate. Um, some people are so close, uh, as you mentioned, that they are so... Uh, uh, close-fisted mm-hmm. they are very um, you know um, uh, they don't like to to spend mm-hmm. and then there are some people who overspend without any care so yeah. you have to find a middle way there and uh, if we go to number seven uh, yeah, seven so um, when I was talking about the uh, righteous people the seventh quality of the righteous people is uh, and those who call not on any uh, other any other god alone uh, along with allah so idolatry uh, is the gravest of sins in the sight of allah the almighty and allah the almighty states that all sins can be forgiven but idolatry cannot be forgiven and allah's righteous servants not only abstain from explicit idolatry in which physical statues are worshipped but they also shun unapparent idolatry their worship and the other uh, tasks they render are consistent with Allah's commands and they are very careful um, taking into consideration that no action of <coughs> their uh, comprises any type of hidden idolatry. Yeah. So this is another quality that they, they do not uh, you know, worship or they do not associate any quality of Allah the Almighty with yeah. another human being. Absolutely. Now we know that uh, some people pray <coughs> to idols to answer their prayers but in Islam obviously we're told that you pray directly to Allah the Almighty who will answer your prayers. But then also there's a narration of the Holy Prophet uh, where he has, Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said that you should also do durood, meaning that you should mm. send salutations mm. on Prophet Muhammad. Um, only then will your prayers really, you know, make it to God Almighty properly and uh, will be accepted. So the question is, how are these concepts, how is this concept different to praying yeah. to other gods? Mm. So... Let's have a listen to the answer to this uh, question. My question is, Hindus pray to idols so that their gods answer their prayers. In Islam, it is said that unless you send durood unto the Holy Prophet then your prayers remain in the sky and Allah will not accept your prayer. How do we differ from the two? You see, Hindus uh, have made different gods for different things. Right? And uh, they believe that uh, their prayers are only heard and listened when we pray to Allah through these idols. Or sometimes they believe that if only we pray to the idols, they will listen to our prayers and uh, whatever we want will be achieved. 
But in the case of Durud Sharif, it is a different situation. Allah Ta'ala says that the Holy Prophet is a human being. And he is the person whom I love more than any person in the world. Right? And he has brought you the final Sharia, the final law from Allah Ta'ala, which contains all the necessary things. And this is also a blessing of the Holy Prophet or the blessing of Allah Ta'ala through the Holy Prophet on us. So he says that uh, you have to be grateful to the person who has given you something good. Right? Right? Yeah. So this is why Allah Ta'ala says that uh, you should pray to Allah Ta'ala and uh, be grateful to the Holy Prophet that he has brought you such a religion. And uh, the best way to show your gratitude is that uh, you say Dhru Sharif and Allah Ta'ala says since this person is the person whom I love more than anyone, any prophet, so when you say the root to him, then I will listen to your prayers as well. But at the same time, Allah says that you should talk to me directly. Not that whenever you are talking, you will always say that you don't think that Allah Ta'ala is not listening to you. You can directly talk to him, but at the same time, say the root just to show your love and uh, show the yeah, the gratitude you have for the Holy Prophet You see, in my yesterday's sermon, did you listen to my sermon yesterday? Yeah. You yes. listen to it again, and that explains the importance of the Drood. Yeah? Allah Ta'ala says that you send Drood to the Holy Prophet but don't think that he is something supernatural. He is also a human being. But Hindu or Hindus or other idol worshippers think their idols are something which can convey their message. Even they have, you see, made so many idols with the wooden material or some clay or some other things. So how can a thing which you yourself have made be the, the, the messenger of your uh, prayers or the person or the thing who can convey your message to Allah Ta'ala? Here, Allah Ta'ala did not say that when you are saying the root, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu will convey your message. Allah Ta'ala says that since I love this person. When you praise him, then I will accept your prayers because you also love the person whom I love. Eh? So, you see, if your parents 
see that a person love their children more than anyone else, they would like him and accept him and make him a friend. So in the same way, Allah Ta'ala says that I will listen to you directly, whatever you are saying, but if you love my Prophet, whom I love more than anyone, anyone else, then I will listen to your prayers more than any other prayer which comes to me through the Druth or praise of the Holy Prophet This is the difference. We do not say that the Holy Prophet conveys our message. We say Allah Ta'ala is listening us directly, but at the same time He asks us to praise the Holy Prophet because I love Him. Right? This is the love. He is not the person who is conveying your message to Allah Ta'ala. But the Hindus and other idol worshippers believe that their idols are conveying their message to Allah Ta'ala. So they are making them the means and source of conveying the message. Here in the situation of the Holy Prophet he is not considered to be the means and source of conveying the message. Beautiful answer to that question. Hmm. Uh, why Muslims uh, do durood, recite mm. the salutations on the Holy Prophet Muhammad, yeah. peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Imran, let's go to the um, eighth quality. Eighth quality, yeah. yes. Uh, just as a reminder, if you're just mm. tuning in, we have been discussing th- uh, 13, we're discussing 13 qualities of uh, uh, attaining righteousness, mm. and we are on number eight. eight. So Allah the Almighty uh, says in the Holy Quran, Wala yaqtulu that they do not uh, kill a person that Allah has forbidden. So they do not kill uh, the person which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And in, in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty says that if you kill uh, one innocent, it is equivalent to killing whole of the humanity. Yeah. So, so, so not killing is also a very important part of being righteous. And I think people can ask that, well, this is very obvious. If you're killing mm-hmm. people, then you are not righteous. Yes, of course, it's obvious. But... It is also very important today because in the world today, people are killing other people in the name of righteousness. Yeah, definitely. Right? And, you know, in today... Of, obviously, what, <laughs> what we have seen in, yeah. in Israel and Palestine where people are killing people, uh, others Just spilling, in the name killing of Killing the people yeah. under the name of establishing peace or under the name of, you know, yeah. God. Yeah. So, And where there is one side or the other where people are... Uh, killing, you know, where where Jews are being killed, uh, mm. uh, you know, uh, unjustly, and mm. you know, if somebody says Allahu Akbar and kills a Jew, it's it's, it's equally wrong in Definitely. Islam. And if if uh, you know innocent Palestinian children are being uh, uh, carpet bombed and mm. killed in an instant, that is also wrong. Mm-hmm. Islam prote- wants to protect uh, the life of every innocent person, mm-hmm. and for to to do that, you have to. Uh, this is a very essential part of righteousness to save mankind. Uh, you know, uh, understand that life is 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 sacred, and we have to uh, try to preserve life as much as possible. Yeah, this reminds me one of the incident from the life of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So, the Holy Prophet, mm. how he honored the human life. Uh, this incident, I think, shows beautifully that once. Um, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu sitting uh, with his companion and the uh, dead body passed away. 
and the passed holy pa- passed mm-hmm. passed passed by and the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know as a sign of respect he st- stood up and one comment said that azur this is this the guy who died uh, the person who died is a jew and the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that are they are not are humans so just a sign that, that how much the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, you know respect as a human life doesn't matter which is his you know what is his background and yeah. and religion so just to show the you know the sign of respect but nowadays we see that you know uh, there is no respect for human life yeah. and uh, it's uh, very sad mm-hmm. you know and it continues to happen it continues to happen and evil is being committed and you know mm-hmm. uh, parts of the world are just sitting silently mm-hmm. and uh, government leaders uh, superpowers mm-hmm. are just you know letting it happen mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. which is a which is a tragic and it it actually shows that uh, how far the world has gone mm. away from righteousness Definitely. away from from religion and that's exactly why we are talking about this mm. because it's so important to reflect and uh, see that what is it that we need to do as human beings to become closer to god to become righteous and to become more peaceful mm. Mm. and these are the essential steps Definitely. to achieve that um we know at the time of uh, Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings for Allah be upon him and obviously in some situations mm-hmm. uh, you know fighting happens yeah. and uh, lives are lost mm-hmm. but that Quran is very clear has to be between you know in self defense mm-hmm. of course if you are defending yourself mm-hmm. and you are fighting with people who are fighting you so mm-hmm. soldiers to soldiers mm-hmm. that is you know another scenario where Definitely. obviously it can be understood from a defensive point of view if you are defending yourself mm-hmm. against the aggressor and man to man soldiers mm-hmm. to soldier you are fighting and and you are have to end up killing mm-hmm. uh, other soldiers who are attacking you then that is self defense but killing civilians killing people who have nothing to do with the conflict uh, with the any, conflict anything, any yeah. war or any you know issue as such that is a crime and that is unacceptable uh, in the islamic teachings so the the eighth quality uh, which allah the almighty uh, ninth quality which allah the almighty mentions of the righteous people is wala yaznun that do, do not commit adultery or fornication so this includes committing adultery in a practical sense as well as an in gaining pleasure from uh, you know uh, vulgar programs and vulgar scenes so nowadays the internet and some programs that play on television are such that they in induce mental and visual adultery thus uh, he's only said that ahmadis must specially you know abstain from these kind of uh, things yeah. vulgar things yeah so to to become pure you know as we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about righteousness and part of prayers uh, <coughs> it's all about purifying yourself and elevating yourself over base desires mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that again is another thing adultery fornication for fornication Uh, this is very common mm. nowadays in yeah. the world <clears throat> especially in the western world also in the eastern world mm. it's very common people mm. think there's nothing wrong with uh, you know having sexual relations outside of marriage mm. uh, people mm. um, you know pornography is, yeah. is another big issue amongst youth mm. amongst children even mm. uh, pedophilia uh, yeah. these are the issues uh, sexual abuse all of these things we have talked about here and these are issues that we are facing uh on a massive scale 
especially in in western countries mm-hmm. and the reason for that is of course that people have gone away from mm. religious teachings because christianity if you look at the original mm. re- religious teachings of uh, christianity judaism other religions you find that they also te- taught modesty so yeah, when definitely. people move away from modesty mm-hmm. then you find uh, people uh, who then indulge in such uh, things which which gives you a temporary uh, you know pleasure but that pleasure you know takes so takes takes you away from the real pleasure mm-hmm. which is the pleasure of righteousness and definitely. honesty and being god uh, uh, god fearing I think uh, just one point people just think that idolatry is having a you know physical relationship outside the marriage you know okay good point but yeah. but here Allah the Almighty also mentioned in other verses of the Holy Quran that the believer they protect their uh, they protect their chastity through their eyes and through their e- ears so um, you know uh, uh, if you're watching vulgar programs or you know uh, indecent pro- indecent program then this is and also another kind of idolatry which your eyes commit so one if one has to protect uh, his ears and his eyes um and a physical body as well uh, committing this kind of adultery as well absolutely yeah. because obviously whatever people are seeing mm. it affects their mental, mental yeah. uh, state as well yes. and that leads to the, uh, the physical adultery absolutely yeah. uh number 10 uh, do not lie or give false testimonies walladhina la yashhaduna az-zur The Holy Quran, chapter 25, verse 73 says, And those who do not bear false witness. Dishonesty plays a massive role in the destruction and downfall of people, of nations. God's right, righteous servants and uh, his divinely guided people, communities, must strive towards the highest of progress. Um, and if dishonesty you know, seeps into them, then they no longer remain allah's special servants from mm. allah's showers uh, whom allah showers with his grace uh, and who has you know promised to give them mm. the blessing so this honesty speaking a lie is a form of shirk which is uh, basically associating partners with god because mm. it's it's very interesting phenomena because when you are lying you are trusting Mm-hmm. your ability to lie mm-hmm. over the ability of god to protect yeah. you yeah. so you are leaning on the lies for protection mm-hmm. to get you out of your situation rather than leaning towards god almighty so that's a simple you know situation Nothing. where l- lying uh, is is uh, obviously discouraged in islam islam mm-hmm. says that you should adopt honesty uh, and be honest even if it means that you will have to bear some kind of responsibility mm. and be maybe in disadvantage as well mm-hmm. but you should always speak the truth definitely uh, his holiness also explained that at the time of nikah a muslim uh, you know uh, when muslim uh, religious ceremony in which the marriage is legally yeah. uh, you know uh, proceeded before an imam uh, the parties are uh, uniting under the oath that they will adhere to qul sadid the right and straightforward word and they will speak with such truthfulness that there remains no suspicion or suspicion suspicion or uh, doubt within their words in which other interpretation of meanings may be taken so i think that this is the base of uh, uh, relationship between husband and wife that they they should tell each other uh, the truth and if that uh, the relationship is built upon trust and truth then only that relation can go forward in in a better manner otherwise we see in today's society that before marriage or before you know uh, ceremony 
people ask or tell lie about themselves yeah. and, you know they have yeah. they are doing this uh, although they are not doing that job or any other stuff they hide yeah. and then afterwards when when it's reveal then uh, it really affects their marriage. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not just marriage, but in every aspect of yeah. life, isn't it? If you are caught lying, hmm. then people will not trust you. Yeah. Like the same thing with <laughs> politics, for example. Definitely. Politicians, there are so many lies out there, right? Mm-hmm. And and people point it out. And people that's why people don't trust politicians mm-hmm. anymore, because yeah. they don't know if they're getting the truth. So the question is, how can one know the truth when they hear it? How can we distinguish truth from a lie? Let's have a listen to an audio again that we have prepared for you. You see, this question can be answered in different ways. But first of all, I would uh, draw your attention to the introspective method. Mm-hmm. Everyone is created with truth, according to the claim of the Holy Quran, as well as I understand, the same claim is shared by every other religion. Uh, barring the opinion of St. Paul, that every boy is born sinful. And if you go to Old Testament and study it in depth, you'll find that this is not right. According to the Old Testament as well, and according to the teachings of Jesus as well, nobody would bear the cross of the other. So none should be born sinful, otherwise he'll be bearing the cross of his forefathers. So, that is, let me clarify it first. Everyone is born with truth. Every child is innocent. And as such, later on, his upbringing makes different things out of him. That is why the responsibility of the older generation, as he (laughs) mentioned, I answered to him, it begins with your own responsibility within yourself. But coming to your question, that means that we have been born with a, an inbuilt criteria, criterion, or not criterion, but touchstone of truth, which may be soiled, may be dusted, but it's always there for us to reach and find the answers. So if anyone keeps his inborn truth intact, the question you have raised would be easily answered with reference to your inner self, what you believe should be right and what you believe should be wrong. And when I say that, I mean universally, what man believes should be right and man believes should be wrong. That is basic truth, for instance, when you tell lies in any country of the world, even in communist countries, everyone knows lies are bad. <laughs> when you usurp other people's rights, whether the law exists or not, whether it's abolished or not abolished, the committer of sin knows himself that this is wrong. So there's an inbuilt law which cannot be done away with. <coughs> And the law from on high, given to man from high, on high, that is from, from, from God, must perfectly coincide with the law within. Now, whether the outer truth is right or wrong, first of all, can be judged 
with reference to your inner law. Go on. If a teaching, for instance, a teaching is on, uh, you know, to be examined and, and, and adjudged. Now, delve deeper into your own self, contemplate and think. Is it really universal? Can it apply to all people together? Does it not violate any sense of justice with which I am born? If you apply the truth to be examined to this inner uh, inbuilt phenomenon of judgment, uh, judging right from the wrong, the answer should always be right. In the English idiom, to be able to call a spade a spade is an oversimplified <laughs> statement of the same thing which I am just discussing. Every man who has this quality to call a spade a spade is fortunate to have preserved his inner truth. But very few people are there in the world who can call a spade a spade. This is the problem. An oversimplified statement, but extremely difficult when it comes to application in everyday human experiences. So, be true to your own truth and the judgment of the outer truth would become an easy thing. If man is distorted within, then it's impossible for him to be able to judge whatever he hears, whatever he sees. So this is the first condition laid by the Holy Quran for making someone entitled to be guided by the Quran. It's an amazing statement right in the beginning of Surah Baqarah. You know, the, the first chapter is called Surah Fatiha. This is only of seven verses. But in all, for all practical purposes, Surah Fatiha is not the first chapter because it is a gist of what is to come. The whole Quran. It's like, uh, the first chapter in reality after this is Surah Al-Baqarah. Which says, Zalikal Kitabu, La Raiba Fihi, Hudalil Muttafin. This is that book which was promised. There is no doubt whatsoever in it. No doubt in the claim that this is the book which had been promised earlier by two prophets. No doubt in it itself. Yet, Hudalil Muttafin, it will guide only those who are righteous within. You seek guidance for the sake of righteousness. <laughs> but here is a precondition laid which seems to be <laughs> an inherent contradiction. You want to be righteous, that is why you seek guidance. And the first declaration is, you have to be righteous before you begin to seek guidance. <laughs> chicken and egg. <laughs> but it is not. Because here the righteousness means the simplest meaning of truth not the advanced qualities of truth. Because righteousness begins with the very simple elementary concept of truth to a higher and more complex stage where there is no end to it, in fact. Righteousness will always remain relative. In relation to the 
more perfect or the perfect models which we call as uh, which we can uh, which we entitle as prophets or messengers of allah and uh, similarly the whole life can be explained in this regard that truth is a very powerful thing truth is only truth when it has the quality of shaping your life and subjecting yourself to what you believe so in this way the judgment of truth is not difficult but this way is difficult to be able to to reach that stage is difficult because you have to continuously purify yourself and prepare yourself you prepare yourself to offer sacrifices for things which you think are good for you or for mankind and that is why the people of the prophets of the time of the prophets they go through this build of persecution and suffer it bravely with the heads heads held high because they know this is true of the others this was his uh, holiness the fourth caliph from the muslim community explaining uh, how one can know that one is um, saying truth or not Now uh, let's go back to the uh, qualities which Allah the Almighty is explaining um, regarding the righteous people. The eleventh quality of the righteous people are waiza maru bilagvi maru kirama, and when uh, they pass by anything when they passes uh, with dignity. So uh, you know uh, they do not chase worldly desires and their focus is one and only one, which is attaining yeah. Allah's love. So don't waste your time on things that are not important, things mm-hmm. that are just pastime or just uh, worldly desires. Uh, focus on the higher spiritual goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the ways to establish a meaningful relationship with God Almighty? We've talked about that um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the next quality that we have, uh, which is essentially in a righteous person, mm-hmm. is to recite the Holy Quran and acts upon its yeah. teachings. Um, so Allah the Almighty says, "وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا زُكِّرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ لَمْ يَخِرُوا عَلَيْهَا سُمَّا وَأُمِيَانَ." And those uh, who, when they are reminded of the signs of their Lord, uh, fell not deaf and blind threat. So um, they do not just, you know, read the Holy Quran, just Arabic. They, when they read the Holy Quran, they not only recite the translation if they do not understand the Arabic, but they also implement. these in, in your life in your right. life i mean if you imagine it's it's god's words it's mm. god's teachings that have come to you yeah. and you have <coughs> that's the perfect manual for you if you're not mm. going to read that yeah. then how are you going to attain righteousness Definitely. everything that you need to attain righteousness is mm. mentioned in the holy quran yeah. that's why and Allah, the holy prophet yeah. muhammad why, yes yeah. <coughs> sorry that's why Allah the almighty mentioned the qualities wa aminu wa aminu salihah that they believe and they also do good deeds so they say follow on the holy yeah. quran yeah. and the prophet was the yeah. excellent example of that so for uh, a true believer you have to uh, read understand and act upon the holy quranic yeah. teachings in order to attain righteousness so the last uh, well the number 13 of yeah. qualities i mean there are many qualities yeah, but yeah. the qualities that are basically <coughs> covering most <coughs> of these <coughs> number 13 is that uh, you should pray that your spouses and children your offspring also become Uh, righteous mm. and the delight for your eyes so not only righteousness for yourself mm. to attain all of these things that we talked about about yourself mm. but also for your offspring 
definitely um and you you see the the husband and wife is the basic unit of of, of a community so that is why allah the almighty mentioned that he does not only inculcate these good qualities within you but also in your spouses and your children for the betterment of the society yeah and i think you know uh, sometimes this idea that uh, you can just go and live alone and and you can become closer <coughs> to god islam is kind of against that islam says yeah. that you need to fulfill all your rights in, in in your life right and that means that also you will uh, get married you will have children hopefully by the grace of god and then when you have that opportunity hmm. then you should be a perfect example or try to fulfill the rights that will also be one part of fulfilling your religious duties in fact the holy prophet of islam prophet muhammad said that when you marry you complete half of half your faith of the, yeah. so <laughs> i think that covers um almost all of what yeah. we had talked about today so, we talked about 13 qualities number one walk on the earth with humility um uh, ignore the uh, uh, ignorant people and saying peace uh, spend the night in prayer um then we talked about um um we we talked about um, the for next seeking one? forgiveness and forgiveness. repentance and we talked about the uh, don't be uh, extravagant so there are many more yeah go with the news